Good morning, good morning, celebration. Hope you guys are having good. I'm always extra nice to my wife, but I guess this week I was a little extra nicer. Uh, so excited that you're joining us today. And hey, if it's your first time, uh, thank you for being with us, uh, for checking us out. And I just hope that, uh, that today impacts your life in a positive way. Um, and also just kind of want to hit a real side note real quick. Tomorrow we're going to be starting a brand new series with our teenagers entitled Who Am I? Uh, there's a lot going on in our world today and we're trying to help people, coach people, specifically this next generation. So if you're a parent of teenagers, I want to encourage you, uh, follow us on Instagram, celebration underscore students. Uh, that series will, will begin tomorrow. Uh, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be incredible. Well, hey, I'm excited about today's message and my prayer is just it's simple that whatever is said, that it would speak to you and help you right where you're at. Before we jump in, I'm just going to pray and we're going to get started. God, today, I just thank you uh, for being with us. God, you're with every single person right now. And God, I just pray that uh, what's shared today would be of some help. God, that you would speak through me, God, to bring answers to questions, God, to bring healing to people. And God, we just believe uh, in your power today to be at work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When I was 15, uh, I met this girl, and uh, I was it was uh, it was at summer school, and uh, and I'm thinking like this girl, she's she's way out of my league, and uh, she was a couple years older than me, and I was really really intimidated, but I, I I made the move. I asked her for her phone number, and we began this relationship, and so the relationship was going like really really good. So I thought, uh, and there was this like one specific day. It was like a Friday night. I'm thinking I'm gonna just tell her that I love her. Like I was I was going all in, and that's that's a pretty bold move when you're a 15-year-old. Um, and so anyway, so I set up this date. We're going to have dinner. We're going to go to a movie. I'm like super excited. I, I like get this nice outfit and uh, and I'm ready to go. Like my mom's driving me to the theater. I'm only 15. So she's driving me and, and I'm so excited. And, and then I get this call from my girlfriend. It was actually a text and, and she says, hey, just want to let you know I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, man, talk about a turn of events. Uh, she says, I'm going to be working late tonight, so I won't be able to make it. And I'm thinking, okay, someone has to be the breadwinner in this relationship. Might as well be you. Uh, whatever. I try, to make, I, I try to make this day still positive. So call up my buddy Brandon. I'm like, hey, you got some tickets to a movie. You want to go watch The Notebook? Let's do it. All right, whatever. So we go. And so we're at the movie theaters, and I'm, I'm already having like a rough day. I'm thinking things can't get any worse, but they kind of do. Um, it's, it's nearly 10 o'clock, and, and at the specific theater, the security uh, ensures that, 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 that all the, um, what are they called, the curfews are, 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 are followed. And so I'm thinking, we got five minutes to get into the theater before the security sends us home if we don't have an adult with us. Well, a fight breaks out, and I'm like distracted with this fight, so I'm looking at this fight. Two gangs are going at it, and, and it's just, it was, it was crazy. And, and I realize it's 10 o'clock, the security comes and starts sending all the teenagers home including myself and my friend Brandon. I'm thinking like, no, Mr. Security, like, I just, I, I want to go into the theater. He's like, no, you're not 18 and your mom's not here. You're going to have to call your mom because there's not no adult with you. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to call my mom. My mom just drove me all the way there. She is not going to pick me. And I know this. So I said, mom, listen, the security said you have to come back and pick me up or they're going to arrest me. And, and if you don't pick me up. And I thought this was going to scare my mom. Didn't scare my mom. My mom said, I just, and it was all in Spanish, but I just dropped you off. I am not going to go back and pick you up. You get in that theater and you go watch that movie. I'm like, mom, I can't. I'm not 18. And she hung up the phone. I said, security guard, 
you're going to just have to arrest me. She's not going to pick me up. So he does. And so I, I'm put in handcuffs now. I'm walking to this security room, and I'm thinking, wow, like first my girlfriend says no to this date. Now I'm in handcuffs, and now I'm going into the security room where I'm going to call my mom again and tell her she has to pick me up. About this time, I'm thinking my day cannot get any worse. But I'm telling you, it did. As I'm sitting in this waiting room for my mom to pick me up, I'm behind these tinted doors. People can't see in the room, but you can see out. As I'm sitting in this room with my friend Brandon, I see this girl walking by. And it wasn't just any girl. This was my girlfriend. And listen, that's okay if it was just my girlfriend, but she was not walking by herself. She was walking, holding hands with her ex-boyfriend. My day just went from bad to worse. What do you do in life when it seems like things just went from bad to worse? I look at this year and I'm thinking, goodness gracious, it just seems like things keep getting worse and worse and worse. Maybe for you in your own personal life, maybe as it pertains to your marriage, you're like, man, my marriage was bad, but this week it just got worse. Maybe as it pertains to your children, you're like, my kids were bad, but they just got worse. Maybe as it pertains to your physical well-being, it's like things were bad, but they just got worse. What do we do when things go from bad to worse? You know, I believe with all of my heart that this year can still be the greatest year of your life. I was thinking about the 31 years that I've lived, and I'm thinking if there was any year that was just the craziest that went from bad to worse, I'd have to mark down 20 20. And I was like ready to ink it, to write it down. And I felt like God's like, no, do not take note of that because this can still be the year that looked like it was going to be the worst, but turned out to be the greatest year of your life. I believe that. And I believe that regardless of what you're facing today, this can still be your best year. For some of us, this can still be our best week. I want to read a story today of a man who experienced this very thing, a situation that went from bad to worse. But there's some things in the story that Jesus does that I believe we can apply to our life that can give us the hope that we need to see a brighter tomorrow. It's in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 5, uh, verse 22. I'm going to read. It's a little bit of a lengthy story, so bear with me, but it's going to really help us for the rest of this message. It says this in verse 22. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your, put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Uh, at this point, they begin to walk to this house. They're, 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 they're moving to this place, and, and, and there's this crowd of people that are surrounding Jesus. Uh, in this crowd, there happens to be this other woman that also needs a miracle. And so she runs after Jesus, touches his robe, and then creates this entire scene. Jesus starts having conversation with her, starts talking to the people. And like, that's cool. But if I'm Jairus, the dad of the little girl who's dying, I'm thinking, Jesus, I got a bad situation on my hand. Let's keep moving. We got to keep going. And, and, and so in this process, we're going to jump to verse 35 to get back into the story. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, some came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter 
is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Another translation in Matthew chapter 9 Verse 23, I believe, it says this, that, that it says this, that when Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and he heard funeral music. As we continue on here in this chapter, Mark chapter 5, the next verse, it says, he went in and he said to them, why all the commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand, and he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. So you got this story with this, this dad who has like a situation on his hands that is really, really bad. He goes to the source, which is Jesus, and, and they begin to make progress to the house. But imagine the feeling of that dad when he gets the message from the people from his house saying, listen, Jairus, your daughter isn't just sick anymore. She is dead. Jairus' world just went from bad to worse. But there's four things that Jesus does in this story that I, I believe are applicable to anybody out there that hopes that this year can be better. For anybody out there that's not ready to throw in the towel. For anybody out there that says, yes, you know what, things have never been worse than they are today. But man, if there's a fighting chance, tell me what it is we have to do. The first thing that I see Jesus do in this story is he recognizes the fear. He recognizes the fear. The moment that messenger says, Jairus, your daughter is dead, the first thing Jesus says is, Jairus, don't be afraid. When, when things go from bad to worse, there's a tendency for fear to show up. Fear. And fear is more than just a feeling. Fear is a spirit. And this spirit has one thing in mind, to paralyze you to paralyze you, to keep you from taking the necessary steps that you need to take in this moment. When things go from bad to worse, the last thing you need to do is sit in that place called worse. You got to make a move. You got to take a step. But fear shows up to keep you from doing that very thing. Maybe for you in this place, your marriage got really, really bad. You're thinking, man, fear just came in and said it's never going to change. Maybe as that pertains to your family, fear came in and said it's going to get worse. Maybe fear has shown up and said this is how it's going to be for the rest of your life. We can't allow fear to paralyze us anymore. Fear is a spirit. And I remember talking to my kids about it because my, my oldest daughter was was, was afraid. It was like this little pattern she was going through dealing with fear. And, and I said, Kova, listen, fear is like a spider. It's like a spider. And we talk about spiders in my house because my wife talks about spiders in the house. My wife is always, I'm telling you, she can spot a spider from a mile away. Just like a little side story. One time we're asleep. It's like two o'clock in the morning. And she wakes me up panicking. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking someone broke in, you know. So, uh, but then she goes, no, there, there's a spider. And so she has this flashlight, 
I think it was her phone light. And then she starts moving it really slow. And I'm thinking, can you make this any less suspenseful? Really slow, lights it up right above our bed. There's a spider up there. So I kill the spider. We go back to bed. But as I'm laying in bed, I'm thinking to myself, how in the world did you even see that spider? It was pitch black. Like, you, are you just up at night with a flashlight looking around for spiders? It's crazy. So me and my daughter, Kova, we're talking about, about spiders and how it relates to fear. I say, Kova, when you see a spider, what do you expect from dad? I expect you to kill the spider. Absolutely. You expect me to kill the spider, right? Yeah. Uh, what if dad just got a blanket and threw it over the spider? Well, no, no. I want you to kill it. You see, most of us, when there's a spider in our house, we don't just sit there and let it run around and disappear. We do not go to bed until we kill that dumb thing. We kill that spider. When the spider is dead, we're going to move on. But we're not going to just cover it up and pretend it's not there. This is the same thing we need to do with that spirit of fear. We can't mask it. We can't put it under the covers. We can't throw something else on top of it. We can't just uh, distract ourselves with other things to pretend it's really not there. We got to deal with that spirit once and for all and not let that thing paralyze you from moving forward. We got to kill that thing. Thing. And Jesus said, Jairus, if you're going to make progress and this miracle is going to happen and, and this day is going to turn around, you're going to have to resist that spirit of fear. What else do we see in this story? And this isn't in any specific order, but down the road, we see that Jesus doesn't just recognize the fear. Jesus recognizes the friends. He recognizes the friends. He recognizes the people that were at the home. You see, when they start making their way to this house, Jesus hears all this commotion. He hears funeral music. He sees people crying and screaming, talking about how bad it is. It's interesting because when Jesus goes into that room, he doesn't bring all of them with him. He removes them from the room. When things in your life seem to be going from bad to worse, you have to be very, very careful who you are surrounding yourselves with. You can't afford in this season to surround yourself with people that are going to tell you the facts. You have to surround yourself with people that are going to tell you the truth. You have to surround yourself with people that don't say like, wow, yeah, it is really bad. Man, chances are you're probably not going to make it. Wow, man, I can't believe that happened for you. No, you got to surround yourself with people that can look at a dead situation and look you in the eye and say, I know it looks dead, man, but I'm going to lock arms with you because it ain't over if God is on our side. Jesus had to remove the wrong voices out of the room. And if we're going to come out on the other side, we have to do the very same thing. And I've learned that this doesn't just pertain to people. This pertains to things we watch on TV. This pertains to things that we're Googling. This pertains to anything that is influencing my belief system. We have to remove the wrong noise. I'm telling you, it's insane how this works. It's, it's, it's almost like when, when things go from bad to worse, everything around me is speaking to how bad it is. I can turn on the TV and watch a commercial, and this commercial I've never seen in my life, but it happens to be uh, a commercial that pertains to my bad situation. Or maybe you get a text message from a friend today, and it's like, this is the worst thing you could have told me, and you happen to say it on the one day that I really needed to hear something positive. We're going to have to remove the wrong people, get the right voices in the room. Uh, I, I, I don't believe that Jesus removed those people for his sake. I believe that Jesus removed them for Jairus' sake, because Jairus was about to step into a room 
where his daughter's dead body was laying. And if you recall before this situation, Jesus looks at Jairus and says, Jairus, just have faith. The third thing that we recognize here is that Jesus recognizes faith. Jairus, you're going to have to believe. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just have faith. Faith is huge. It's more than just some Christian word that we throw around. Faith is powerful. Faith can turn this situation around. Faith can take a dead situation and bring it back to life again. Faith can do this. We're going to need faith if we are going to move forward. How do I get faith? Where does faith come from? Because right now I'm surrounded by all this negative noise. The Bible makes it very clear that faith is found in God's word. You're going to have to know what God thinks about your situation. I know your situation is like really, really bad, but what does God think about that situation? Does God see light at the end of the tunnel? Because if God sees light at the end of the tunnel, it gives us permission for ourselves to see light at the end of the tunnel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, J. Iris heard something before he took a step. You see, that woman that caused the scene was probably J. Iris's greatest annoyance in this moment. But J. Iris didn't know he was getting some faith in this moment that he was going to desperately need in about 10 minutes. When Jesus looked at this woman who had this issue for 12 years, Jesus says to this woman, daughter, your faith has made you well. Then they turn around. Now Jairus is confronted. Your daughter's dead. Your daughter is dead, Jairus. What are you going to do now? I can envision Jesus pointing at the lady. Hey, hey, this lady. Do you remember what I told her? I told her. Her faith has made her well. Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith because what I was able to do in her, I can do in you. This is why we have to get God's word inside of you because I have to remind myself with these stories that if God can do it for Jairus, God can do it for me. If God can raise Lazarus from the dead, God can raise my situation from the dead. If God can take a nobody like David to stand in front of a giant to take it out, it doesn't matter how big this mountain looks. I can have faith to believe that if God can do it for them, God can do it for me. You're going to need faith right now, and you're not going to find it on the news. You're not going to find it on social media. You're going to find it in his word. It's where you're going to find it. When things go from bad to worse, you need to run to the place of promise. And he has promises for your family. He has promises for your health. He has promises for your finances. He has promises for your children. And you will find it nowhere else except in his word. When things go from bad to worse, you need to grab those words and hold on to them. You need to plaster them all over your house. You need to remind yourself that if he said it, he will do it. I'm telling you, if things are bad and they've gotten worse, there's still hope for you. 
there's still hope for you. They had to recognize the fear. They had to recognize the friends. And they had to recognize their faith. I believe as we take these practical steps that things can begin to turn around. The last thing that we see in this story, and this was more so on Jesus' part, Jesus walks up to that, dish, that, that, that dead situation and he speaks and says, little girl, get up. Little girl, get up. Jesus didn't just think to himself, I hope she gets up. Jesus spoke, little girl, get up. I'm telling you, your fight, and you've heard it all month long, your fight is not a natural fight. Your fight is not a natural fight. There is a realm that we do not see. There is a realm that you cannot see with your natural eyes that are influencing the pain and the stuff that many of us are going through today. It's not a natural fight. So I have to tap into the weapon that God has given me to fight that realm. And the way that I do that is I speak. I speak to my situation. There's this crazy story. You see, one of the guys that, that Jesus took into the room, his name was Peter. Peter had a mother-in-law who had, this, had a fever. Pretty sure it was his mother-in-law. She had a fever. And, and, and it's funny because Jesus goes into that room and Jesus speaks to the fever? Whoa. Like, you can speak to the, you can speak to the fever? If Jesus can speak to the fever, you can speak to the cancer. You can speak to the debt. You can speak to the headache. You can speak to the dysfunction. You can speak to the strife. You can speak to the pain. You can speak to the depression. If Jesus can speak to a fever, we can speak to our situation. Why? Because so many of it is influenced by a realm that we don't see, but it's a realm that recognizes your voice. We're going to have to speak to some things. And before we transition, I want to do that right now, right there in your homes. I just want to speak into your life. I want to speak into your homes right now. Let's, let's do this. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus. And God, I speak into every person's life right now that is watching. First and foremost, we speak to the spirit of fear. Spirit of fear, you are not welcome in their home. Spirit of fear, you are not welcome in their lives. We bind you in the name above every name, and we declare that we are not people that are governed by fear. Father, right now, I just speak to sickness and disease, and we speak right now in the name of Jesus. And wherever there is sickness, wherever there is disease, we declare by the word of Jesus Christ that we are not sick, that we are the healed of the Lord. God, we just speak to people right now that are going through it financially, that don't, know, don't have any idea how, how, how things are going to work out. God, right now, by faith, we just declare your words that we are the lenders and not the borrowers, that our life is getting larger and larger and larger, that every single one of our needs are met according to your riches in Christ Jesus. God, right now, we just speak to our emotions. God, I speak to, to emotions right now, and we just declare the peace of God over your life. 
I declare you have the mind of Christ, that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding fills your heart, fills your home. If you're watching right now and you're in this place and you're like, man, what did I just, what, what just happened? When you are a believer in Jesus, you are accessed an authority that you will never have outside of that relationship. I think we, you know, obviously when you give your life to Jesus, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're on your way to heaven when life on earth is done. But if you're tired of being a victim to your circumstance here on earth, you're going to have to get connected to one that is greater than yourself. The Bible says this, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you want to make a decision right now in this moment, if you're tired of being pushed around by life, if you want to know that when your life on earth is done, you get to go to heaven and party for the rest of your life, I want you to make that decision today. And I believe the Spirit of God is already leading you to say yes to that. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Say this. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you lived for me, and I believe that you died for me. Today I call you my Savior and I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe God is, is doing a work right now in your life and our, 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 our band's gonna get into one more song. I'm gonna ask you, engage your heart in this moment. Make some declarations in your home. Not of what is, but what, have you, but what as it pertains to what you want to see. Call things that be not as though they are. Maybe you feel like you're really, really sick right now. How about you get up and start saying, I'm really, really healed right now. Begin to speak life in this moment. I believe change can absolutely come. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.